Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Upon Further Review. How's everybody doing? Good, man. Good. Doing good. Awesome, awesome. Let's go around the circle and say who's on this podcast. Chris Fembrez. Trevor Reese. And I am Noah Ginsey. All right, first things first, have we seen any movies lately? Uh, yeah, I just, well, not movie, but something I'd seen. I just finished uh, The Wet Hot American Summer on Netflix. How was that? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing like I knew it would be. Uh, I fucking laughed crazy hard every time I watched the original one. So I was excited that they were all coming back after they all had kind of blown up and all that stuff. Um, and, and so it was cool. It was cool it's to check out. Up. It was super funny. Uh, I think it was eight episodes. Yeah, it was eight. It's basically, I mean, it, as much as it is like a season of television, it's also basically a four-hour movie. Yeah. Like that's right. kind of really how to it's watch like it. It's like a mini-series. Yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to like a season, like as it slowly builds, like it builds the way a movie does, just presented as a television show. So, is it thirty minutes or an hour? Mm-hmm. 30? It's thirty. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Perfect. then because I had watched that, they had Netflix had recommended. Um, it was like a making of the original mm-hmm. movie. I think it was called like a Hurricane of Fun: The Making of Wet Hot. Um, and it was all just like home footage and shit of them, like after they're done shooting and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like an hour long. Yeah, and just seeing um all these people, a lot of them on like uh their first movie so many of them it said like it have like their name and then say at the bottom like first feature film yeah wow. like so many of them like, uh, elizabeth banks elizabeth banks uh, bradley, bradley cooper bradley cooper um yeah bradley cooper his is his is the funniest um because he went to the actor studio mm-hmm. and he graduated and then like a day or two later was on set and like one of the first things he did was the sex scene yep. <laughs> with Michael Ian Black, and the that sex was like scene yeah. in the shed. Yeah, that's like one. Of, that's like one of the first things he filmed as a act as like a film actor. You got to break that. him in somehow. <laughs> keeps you humble, keeps you grounded. Yeah. Anyways, all super funny. You guys check it out. Yeah, awesome. super good. Um, I saw Mission Impossible. What'd you think? Super good. Speaking of stuff that's television movies, like that felt. I think since J.J. Abrams has come on. Um, it's felt the, more serialized. It's felt more serious. Yeah, it's felt like the last three movies are part of a, mm-hmm. a, a of a yeah. universe. Yeah. Um. Whereas the first, I mean, obviously the first one was still very much inspired by the TV show, right. and then the second one was John Woo Insanity. Hmm. Well, I mean, um, what's John Woo without wire work and white doves? Really, yeah, that one was it. insane. Like of all of them, that one's the yeah. craziest. But then I, when I enjoy it, but it's super like face off. I mean, it's yeah, very much yeah, yeah. the it's, same in the same vein as that, and the action's really unrealistic. Three Face really Off grounded. was an awesome movie. Guys. No, Face, face oh, Off is. is awesome, but well, I mean, it's also like in a world where people are constantly putting on different faces, <laughs> right? Yeah, 
of face-off comparisons, not bad. But yeah, no, this was really, I thought it was good. Like the last one yeah. was probably still the peak. I agree. The last one was super good, but I felt like this one, um, I think this one, the, the director, I don't know what he's really done, but he didn't seem to have the same notoriety as all the four previous right. directors. Yeah. And I like the fact that they kind of change it up every time. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like an unintentional thing that they've now just embraced, yeah. that a new director comes on. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was really good. Um, it's really kind of cool to see like they finally have like a team. It almost feels like Skyfall, where and like the previous James Bond movies where it's building to at the end of Skyfall, you're now at the status quo that James Bond is, mm-hmm. where he has like M is uh, now Ray Fines, and you have Money Penny set up, and you have Q set up, and now they're going off on their adventures, and it's been like the whole backstory, and that's what this kind of feels like is now they have the team set up. Um and it's like a now like a well oiled machine mm-hmm. minus um, Paula Patton though I was kind of sad every, she wasn't in she, it. the director and the female lead change every single mm-hmm. movie they have never had nope. a female comeback but then but they have Ving Rhames come back every time yep every time every even, time he's the only one the besides Tom Cruise. the one and two yeah yeah he's the only one that um has has stood the test of time but he was like barely in. Um, the last, the last one. one, which no. was like, isn't at the very end. I was so glad that they had him because I would have been pissed. Did, did he yeah. have a good, uh, good role in this one? Yeah, yeah. He was, oh, yeah. He it was, was more substantial for sure. Yeah, he was more present. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually the movie I wanted to talk about too. So that's awesome that you saw it. No, I thought it was great. I still think um, three and four are the best ones, especially. I didn't care for three. Really? I felt three. What number is this last one though? Five. 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 Okay. Three was the one that J.J. Abrams actually directed. And I feel With like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. It felt like that the Mission Impossible 3 kind of represents all the negative stuff associated with being a spy. And no, to have with a personal life, or no, with with JJ Abrams, oh. like oh, all no. of the bad stuff of like the JJ Abrams team, like mm. vague, like MacGuffin stuff yeah. with like the rabbit's foot and oh, like sure. weird lens flare and all that stuff, like it, and, and like. It just felt like it was a lot of big questions that they didn't really have smart answers right, for. Right. And, and like, yeah, I think somebody like Brad Bird really took to it. But I felt yeah. like the J.J. Abrams one, it was, I didn't like it. I liked that one less as much as I was just shitting on Mission Impossible 2. Like, I remember when I watched it, I liked that one less. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Mission Impossible 3 is my, my personal least favorite. But I definitely think Ghost Protocol is the best. Yeah, for the sure. Now, that's not really a knock on this one. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And yeah, you're right. Like, I do like how they bring in new directors, but having the constant of the producing team with Tom Cruise and JJ, I think, is just strong. And I yeah. think as long as that kind of stays in place, and Tom really knows. They're he's they're talking about filming the next one starting next year next summer yeah and I just think they you know they know what they want to do with it and I feel it's really good now I had a minor complaint about this one that didn't really take away from the whole thing but it, in this one basically the government disown disavows the you know Mission Impossible Force or whatever and Alec I, Baldwin yeah Alec Baldwin that was the made I honestly feel like Alec Baldwin's presence in the cast is what made it feel most like a television show yeah, yeah. Oh, like it felt sure. like he was playing Jack Donaghy and yeah. this is what happened Jack Donaghy <laughs> left Thirty Rock and yeah. just joined IMF <laughs> I could see that happening um, especially using like microwave technologies yeah um, but I, my one complaint is the whole like their division of the of of the CIA or government or whatever being disavowed by the government. I kind of felt like that was a repeat of the last one. Well, it's not that they're disavowed. 
it's that they're just like shut down. Like that's what was in Ghost Protocol. Right. They're like disavowed and like IMF doesn't exist. Yeah. This is you guys are no longer an independent subsidiary. Mm-hmm. You need to come into the CIA. Right. You need to join how we. Yeah, it's. I get what you're saying. Like it kind of does feel a little retready. And even like in the first one, very briefly, Tom Cruise's character was considered like we got to arrest this guy. You know, in, in the well, first one, because he was set up. So, I mean, did, I get it. It didn't detract from my enjoyment. Do you watch Honest Trailers? No. They had they did a Mission Impossible one did right they? before. And they basically, like, it's ba- there's three components to a Mission Impossible movie. Um, somebody is a rogue IMF agent, and they have to deal with some sort of arms dealer that mm. goes wrong. Yeah. And it's saying, like, uh, Tom Cruise has to stop... Um, um, a trader IMF, a trader's IMF agent, while um, also dealing with an arms dealer, and then the second one is like Ethan Hunt has to deal with a, a former disgraced IMF agent who is trying to become an arms dealer, <laughs> and then the third one is like uh, Tom Cruise uh, retires from being an IMF agent and then has to stop uh, an, a rogue IMF agent mm-hmm. from uh, who's helping an arms dealer. It's like the whole yep. thing. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's pretty formulaic in what they're doing. Yeah, but I, I really liked it. And I did like how this one seemed, kind of going with what you were saying, it seemed like there were actual consequences to burning down the Kremlin. And yeah. Doing, I, I really liked how it wasn't standalone. Um, like there was elements that just kind of brought it together. Mm-hmm. I, I, Simon Pegg, I really like him a lot. I love him. Absolutely love him. Shaun of the Dead's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I kind of felt his humor was a little bit more forced in this one than the last one. Like it kind of was like, okay, Simon, do something funny. I was getting it's way too. Dar- heavy. It's a little bit of heavy. It's a heavier film. It than, is than uh, Ghost Protocol. Oh, it is. And especially uh, spoilers on, um, like the end scene, like the final standoff. He is the voice of the the bad guy and it's just like it's an intense standoff and like he is like the hostage in the situation and just like okay like you kind of have to deal with the consequences if you just made you just put your comedic relief through a very traumatic experience yeah i can see that i don't know if i'd say forced but it definitely felt weirdly placed at times just because yeah it is the balance was a lot better in the it's a darker film like Mm -hmm. they're up against a really bad like take no prisoners yeah who's uh, the bad guy in it I don't recognize the actor. He's a British. He's a British intelligence but, agent who goes rogue. Oh yeah, yeah. But you look at his face. <laughs> One of those rogues I've been hearing so much about. You huh? look at his face. And you're like, you're a bad guy. <laughs> so, but I really like the the female lead in this. You just she stayed in the gray area the whole time, and I thought that that was really also probably the most physically imposing yeah. female character yeah. they've had. She's pretty great. Yeah, she definitely. She's like. Um, I'm trying to think of who who does stuff like that recently, like the kind of like super fluid fighting style. I guess the the bad guy in um, like um, Kingsman, mm. kind of like that f- sort of like gymnastic fighting style where she yeah. just sort of, or, or even Black Widow. She fights a lot like Black Widow. That's yeah. who it is. Um, yeah, she does like she has one thing where she like flips up on a guy and like gets um, like straddles his head. And then, like, has him in between her thighs and just, like, snaps. Neck. Yeah, she's oh, like awesome. a classic Black Widow move. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but she doesn't have electricity that shoots from her wrists like Black Widow does, sadly. But she's also, yeah, she's also probably the most capable female yeah. character oh, she was awesome. had in the whole series. I'd love to see she her. She was the Ethan Yeah, her, it feels like character. she's she might be the one they'll call back. Even I, if it's, like, so. a Ving Rames type yeah. role, like a little, like, cameo. But yeah. it'd be cool, yeah. That, that's, I think, the biggest sticking point now is they have their full team. 
They have Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, and Tom Cruise, and they don't have a female. The mm-hmm. female is just the fifth spot who's interchangeable at all times. And they need to try and find somebody. Because, I mean, we're kind of past the the girl, the Bond girl mentality. Right. Um, and even, like, somebody like Halle Berry in, like, the last Pierce Brosnan one. Like, she was a strong opposing yeah. character, and the, she almost got a spin-off. I was just going to say, she almost got her own movie. So we need some strong female characters who aren't just like We need more Halle Berry, guys. We need more Halle, Halle Berry. Berry. I think saying, we do. We okay. all need more Halle Berry in our life. So, awesome. Well, um... Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> she's in there, right? That's yeah, she's, she's in there. Yeah. That's like yeah. her first movie with Eddie Murphy. Halle Berry, yeah, she's Old in there. Burry. I had the poster in my room. <laughs> so... Some Bullworth. <laughs> um, Baps. We, Sorry, that's a, that's the last one. Swordfish. Um, so <laughs> I, I, that's I transitioning like that. Halle Berry. Yeah. That's like when that she's. Is. That's when she's. We're in, talking early. We're Halle. going that's early. Middle Halle. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we're still in the second act <laughs> of Halle Berry. So we'll be very brief on the weekly news, but I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about a few things. Mm-hmm. So um, there are talks that there's going to be an autobiographic biopic. I should say biopic. Um, almost said autobiopic because of what's going to happen, but there's talks of a biopic about Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. where she's going to star in it. Ronda Rousey. Private starring... part style. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is, do we think this is the right time for such a film? And what do we think about that? I'll, I think, you know, my thoughts on it and I'll yeah, say, because it's very pointed it. the way you're asking. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the listeners I mean, I th- I think... know, like Noah's not a fan. Of no, yeah. <laughs> Well, I just I, I think it's just really early in her career to make a biopic of her life. She's twenty eight. Oh, that's, that's right. I, she's so over the hill. No, I th- I thought that was super young. That's what really caught me off guard because I don't know how long she's been. Well, she's uh, just fighting. now the last couple of years is just now getting like people are knowing her and seeing like her. Dominance. It's been like two years. It yeah. seems like she's yeah. been building up. But yeah, I agree. The the rushing to make a movie about her um, seems weird. Right, because like she's still undefeated, just beating people up. You want to wait till she retires and then tell her whole story in and outside of the gym. I mean, twenty eight, you know, shit. That's around all of our ages. Yeah, it's like, like, what did she? Is there something in her personal life that makes it a more compelling story? Um. Oh, Brian. Brian is saying, yeah. Okay, her dad committed suicide, which is unfortunate. But it's just, but yeah, but it's just like what like if yeah. was there like a drive was that like an, a thing that like drove her into MMA like yeah it seems like but you want to see for a full circle right you exactly. want to see the whole yeah. story you when you the see whole story yeah the but at the same time why I can see it be a good idea is she is a very charismatic very um, popular and like she's become more well known as time goes on like very good role model for young girls and I think that's kind of the vogue now when you have like the Jennifer Lawrence's and like the um the Katniss Everdeen sort of characters and like everybody really kind of clamoring for strong female characters not just more roles for females but like really kind of transitioning into we want to see females in action yeah. roles and I think Ronda Rousey is somebody perfect for that um it's just yeah it's whether or not there's enough story there I can mm. see that being some a, a concern and how much, yeah, and it's also weird, like, w- somebody playing themselves in their biography, 
yeah. is kind of weird. And I can only I know it's happened a couple other times and stuff, but I can just think of Howard Stern in private because it worked there. Yeah, it yeah. worked. Oh, it did. But it's also like but yeah, he like, also had like a long career at that point. Yeah, that is true. And it was in his own voice, so having like the and narration based off of his and book. then based off of yeah, like, and his... he's somebody who has like a no, like he knows how to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And Ronda Rousey isn't that, and he has a lot of phases that he went through even before that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I thought it's just so weird to have it so soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, because really her career, I mean, yeah, she's. 28 and i know you can't be doing mma forever but really i mean but she i mean her fights are only uh 12 seconds yeah. long like she's like all of her strain is coming from training yeah she's exactly fucks oh my people gosh. up man. that last fight holy well shit. not to like yeah it she hasn't had a chance to have like her rocky fight yeah like her like drag yeah. out like finally because it seems like she's just so above the competition mm-hmm. that you can measure these fights in seconds that is just sort of like Okay, like, I mean, that's very exciting to see such a strong athlete yeah. just at the peak of their game, like, just Michael Jordaning over everybody. Yeah. But it's like, you also kind of want to say, like, Michael Jordan had his, the, was it game five, the flu game? Mm-hmm. He had, like, stuff like that. Yeah. He had, like, really, like, Yeah, you want to see them against the odds. Yeah. after and a while, I, then dominating, I mean, it, it almost turns fans against them. Because it's that's, like, who's going to take this person down? And that's the kind of danger of having telling someone's story so early in their career because they haven't had like the trial by fire stuff. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. And it seems like Ronda Rousey hasn't really had that chance, that opportunity because she hasn't been fighting that long. She and hasn't. I, I kind of want to also see this, the part of the story with now that she's like so in the spotlight and now she's gaining that, you know, being famous. I want to see how that in, affected her mm-hmm. and, and how, you know, she handles that and things like that. And at this point she's in it right now. And even with her starring in it, it's kind of like, um, how honest can that story be to show all elements? Cause nobody is really perfect. You know, everyone's made mistakes, things like that. It's kind of like when the notorious B.I.G. had his movie and it was made by like his family. It's like how really honest and unbiased can that starring be? Biggie. Yeah. yeah it was not good. <laughs> But no, but you know what I mean? It's like how, I mean, you, you can't really show a lot of elements um, or there's the danger of being like, yeah, but how, or even Theory of Everything. It was written by his ex-wife. It's like how, you know, it, it painted her as this saintly woman. It's like, maybe, maybe she wasn't. I mean, maybe she was, but you just kind of wonder the validity of it. And finally, um, she's an amazing athlete. I'm going to say that right now. She is of course. probably one of the most amazing female athletes or athletes I have ever seen. Um, especially in MMA, uh, she is a horrible actress. She is one okay. of the worst actresses. It I die a little bit. Okay, when I see her, you don't have to be a, a like a good trained like actor to be an action star. No, so in but yeah, no, her three her three movies mm-hmm. that I found are Expendables three. Yep, Furious seven. Mm-hmm. And the Entourage, Entourage movie. movie. Yeah, like she's not doing that, There Will Be Blood. Nobody you know what I mean? is a good actor in those. The Rock. And uh, Vin Diesel are the only people at the top of their game in any of those three movies. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something also to keep in mind is the source of her acting career is not good films. I mean, it's she does entertainment. That's yeah, she doesn't have to be a good actress in Entourage. She just has to beat the shit out of Turtle. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I just think if you're if you seem like a bad actor against those films, I think that that doesn't. But it's also well. 
the who's producing it like who's putting it together do you know that no i didn't i'm not sure what what the studio is but i almost i would rather her kind of have what's it called for esp on the 30 the 30 for 30 yeah, yeah like I'd a documentary have something like that about where she's just talking about her life i'd rather see that now than like a biopic because her story's not finished i mean maybe it is a, just a giant 30 for 30 and just the reports are no i mean it's it's going to be like a fin- i don't think it's going to be a documentary the way that i portrayed as kind of like ray or those types of things where Mm -hmm. it's there's a bunch of actors yeah so we'll see i find it interesting the other thing i wanted to say is when i went and saw mission impossible i finally saw the trailer for specter oh yeah and i wasn't a huge fan of the last couple bond movies but this one looks amazing why weren't you a fan of the last one they're too bleak and to i know you're no, laughing no, at no, me. no 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 no, i'm laughing because brian just laughed i was uh, I, I wanted to i kind of want to know where you're coming from and you didn't like it because i can tell like they're very dark and they're bleak quantum of solace is not a good movie no it just didn't feel fun um i mean skyfall i think i need to see it again because it threw me off when i'm watching it because it wasn't really a bond movie at all i didn't feel i felt it was very different than what i had been trained all these years to but it's the most bond out of the out of the daniel craig ones you think i thought casino royale was more of the bond than it's sexier casino royale is definitely sexier but it, you egt's have... eva green guys that's yes. <laughs> oh god yes indeed so i don't know i just the last two i felt were just i mean i'm, I'm like kingsman i felt was very refreshing when mm. it came to the spy stuff and i kind of missed that because with the dc movies and with the more recent bond ones it's just that type of bleak this just isn't fun for me. But it also seems like they're not changing up the tone. They have basically the whole same people who can, who did Skyfall. Yeah, I don't like know. And I, I didn't dark. mind Skyfall, uh, like except for how they try to make him so much older than he was yeah. in the first two. Yeah, like, like you're old, you're past your prime. Like, no, he's not. In case, like he, he's a fine shape, and then they're bringing him back again mm-hmm. f- um, for this one. And it's like, well, you made him so old, or like so, like. Like, you're out of it. You're not young, and this is a different kind of game. And then, and even in the trailer, this one has more, like, I don't want to say gadgets, but more spy technology mm-hmm. and things that they're using, whereas the last oh, yeah. one really didn't have that at all. It had the Home Alone house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> As um, you can see, Bond, this house looks like a normal house. But, but we you go inside, there's micro-machines at the bottom of the stairs. There's marbles <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they're changing the tone up of it. It seems like it's still going to be pretty bleak, especially with um, Christoph Waltz um, as the bad guy. He's saying like, "I'm the orchestrator of all your pain." Did but you? He seems more Bond villainy. He does. Than others, but that's kind of. Did you enjoy the is. Pierce Brosnan uh, 007s more than these ones, the Daniel Craig ones? <sighs> um, I'm afraid to go back and watch them, but at the time, I really liked them, mm-hmm. and I thought that they were fun, even though the last one was preposterous. Um, and I love Goldeneye, right? I love that. I think so. But mm-hmm. once again, I haven't seen them, you know, now compared to why well, I still love Casino Royale. I thought that was an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably my favorite of all of them is Casino Royale um, of all the Bond movies. But maybe, maybe, I don't know, like I said, I'm afraid to go back and watch it because mm-hmm. Teen Noah was a lot stupider when it came to knowing what to appreciate. Tino was on a lot of peyote, guys. (laughs) I drank a lot of fire water back in the day. Oh my god, guys, like he can control the media. Like, what is this? Oh my god. Can you imagine if that was real life? The newspaper, he controls the headline. Jason. Was it? Not Stratham. 
or whoever it is. The guy who who's the ba- the bad guy in Tomorrow uh, oh. <laughs> Tomorrow Never Dies. I really, or no, Sean Tomorrow, Bean. Yeah. No, he's Goldeneye villain. Mm. Um, he, he Jonathan Pierce. I don't know. Um, whatever. But anyway, so I think it. I think it looks good, and it does. It looks more Casino Royale than to me. The trailer made it at least appear more like that than Quantum or Skyfall. Well, Quantum of Solace suffered from the writer strike, but mm-hmm. it was also like the the epilogue to Casino Royale and the yeah. prologue to what Skyfall eventually yeah. became. Like it was like totally just like this bridge uh, of right. a film, and, and it, it felt it. Yeah, it totally felt it. Like okay, like. There's consequences from a previous movie that was so much better than this mm-hmm. and everything. The, yeah, like Quantum of Solace was just awful. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's jump into The Wizard of Oz, the 1939 classic. Wait, we weren't supposed to watch The Wiz? We watched oh, the- God. Sorry, guys. Oh, I got to go. I watched- but use your same criticism and pretend <laughs> like it's for Wizard of Oz. I watched The Muppets Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah, it was super good. Ashanti on the top of the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so real quick before we dive into all the stuff, what did we think? Overview thought, and if we had to rename it, what would we rename it? Um, it was okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, I gotta be honest, guys. I didn't really dig the songs. They they kind of drug on. They drug on a little long for me. Uh, when I kind of just want to see the story progress. Um. Like, I was watching, and some of the stuff they had was beautiful, like the scenery and mm-hmm. the road and all that stuff. And then that was really cool to look at. Uh, and the concept was cool, like, even in the beginning when they said, this is for the young of uh, young at heart. Yeah, this the is dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that kind of childlike perspective on it, yeah, no, it was it was cool and it was fun. Um, but if I were to redo it, I would uh, redo it as a, as a horror movie, right? Okay. But what would you call the or like? What if you had to rename the movie? The, this as one is, as as is. I don't know, man. Um, along the fucking Yellow Brick Road. Who knows? You know, off to see the Wiz. You could just pick something like that. You know. Um, what would you rename the Wiz? <laughs> Wiz. <laughs> I take the godly name. Wiz. Yeah. Trevor, overview. Um, what did we think of it? And if we had to rename it, what would I thought been? I thought it was good. I think it's this is. I think we watched The Wizard of Oz for the same for why we watch like old movies. Yeah, like it's just it's cool to see the, everything take place in studio. It's cool to see like all the costumes and the craziness. Like it's still more like vaudeville and like classic theater. And so, like, yeah, when you're kind of like, oh, I'm gonna watch an old film, like The Wizard of Oz is kind of a perfect one to watch. But yeah, it's just I agree the songs. Like, there's a reason why Somewhere Over the Rainbow is the one that stood the test of time. Um, half the songs are like sang and like an off-putting like falsetto um just like super high-pitched and um yeah it was just um i thought it was all right uh i'd call it killing witches because just going around murdering witches and then just like backing off from it it's like i didn't know it was an accident <laughs> um yeah so i i pretty much feel the same way when it comes to it's it is a it holds up i think spoiler alert for our later seg or later question but um <laughs> But it's still really good. It's just, it's a classic for a reason. Um, and I don't, even though it's been remade a bunch, I feel like just as it stands, there's a reason why those aren't as 
praised as this one is. Um, if I had to rename it, I would rename it Concussions Are Fun. <laughs> she had an awesome concussion. Oh, yeah. So it was a trippy concussion dream right there. Um, all right. So let's, you know, let's I was, dive into it. Re- I was reading, just because this feels like a good place to start, that they they felt the audiences wouldn't accept a straight-up fantasy. Like, at the time, they felt that they wouldn't accept that Dorothy goes to Oz. Uh-huh. That that's why they put in... Because in the books, Oz is a real place. She goes, right. physically goes yeah. there. Um, and they just felt like... Eh, it's, they said the audiences are too sophisticated. Um, that they wouldn't accept it as a straight-ahead, like, fantasy. So that's why they added, like, the whole thing of, like, it's a concussion dream. Like, right. she gets hit in the face and then just goes off. Which it felt like that was sort of, almost sort of like... The way they presented it, I don't know if, like you could read it as a viewer in the in the 1930s like this is how they portrayed stuff in film but it's like she gets hit and then the twister goes and then it's it's almost confusing like you kind of don't immediately realize she's in the twister right. and that she's in the dream like yeah. and so it feels like what they did with the fever dream like they sort of went about it um in a very convoluted way that it felt like I don't get why we couldn't have just made this a straight fantasy right yeah yeah, I feel that way. I did think it was an interesting choice to start this. Not, I don't, I can't think of what the what the coloring phrase is. It's not black and white. It's sepia tone. Thank you. So I thought that was kind of interesting. To, mm-hmm. And then making Oz and making that area so vibrant in color. It's because of how uh, L. Frank Baum um, describes it in the books. Like apparently that's like in the books he kind of describes Kansas as like a grayscale, mm. like just like as like some flair in his writing. But that's like how where the the studio or the director or the producers that's where they came up with that idea was that he describes Oz as this very vibrant place, um, and um, Kansas is just this kind of sort of bleak grayscale yeah. type area. And so that's why they sort of did it that way mm-hmm. as um, sort of like a, um, taking the literary device of that and then translating it into film. So that's why they made it. CB and that transition to, in the film was super cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like it, you could really see like the two separate worlds, mm-hmm. right? And then this is the point where it changes. Yeah. And it was drastic as hell. And it was real cool to watch. And yeah, that's that's a shot that still holds up. Yeah. And it's a good bragging point early in the game for MGM to kind of be like, look, with Technicolor, look at how vibrant films can now be. Because, I mean, that was 1939. So it was kind of nice little make it flashy for them but it worked because it's part of it's part of the original story mm-hmm. yeah. um, but i thought that was that was very interesting i do find it weird that the same actor who played uh what was it the 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 guy traveling what was i can't think of what his name was like the in Oz? kansas the, the guy who the played the wizard Professor of Oz. marvel yeah i did find it weird that um as professor marvel he like rips her off when her eyes are closed, yeah. and then he's supposed to be the nice guy at the end. I, I just kind of well, thought, he's ripping everyone off in Oz too. Like that's supposed to be the right. big transition. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't really have these powers. He's a con artist, and he could trick you into believing that he does know. Yeah, I just find that kind of funny that that he would still kind of be considered a good guy. You know, it just nowadays you're like, wait a sec, but he's like stealing money. Yeah, yeah. No, what? She never paid him. He just basically told her, uh, "Get back home." Well, but girl. he took something he took like money out of her picnic it thought it was just uh the picture of dorothy and then her oh was it was it a picture of her aunt yeah it was her standing next to her aunt and that's why he said oh there's someone back home she's a woman she took care of you and she's but fuck he's like yo she's dying she's on the floor right now yeah her heart stopped and you're killing her 
but I gotta get back home. But it's also, I mean, if you're a stranger and you find this girl is running away, um, that's what we would kind of do. I mean, I mean, it's it's obviously like 1930s extreme. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like you would do that. You would kind of say like, oh, "You're probably breaking your like." I would say that if like I found out a kid was running away and just like you're probably breaking your parents' heart. Well, right especially now. Like, she's having a heart attack right now. She's dying because of you. Mm. Especially nowadays, if that kid's like, "Let me go away with you," and you're thinking like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I am not going to have to introduce myself to neighbors whenever I move into a new neighborhood." You're going home. Yeah, right. I don't want well, this image. I think a good place to start is the fact that Judy Garland, as amazing as she is, is miscast in this film. Totally. She because Dorothy is like ten or eleven. Uh huh. And Judy Garland was sixteen, and they had to. She had to wear this super tight corset. To make her look younger and flatter her chest. Yeah. 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 And because they were originally, like in pre-production, they were considering Shirley Temple. And that's a sign of where they were looking at. And like in the books, like, yeah, she's like 10 or 11. And so, and that's what's also so funny is when you kind of think that Dorothy is like a stupid ass 16 year old. Yeah. Like just the way she's talking, like she just sounds like a child. Mm Mm-hmm. And just the way she sort of acts is very, like, impatient and very, yep. like, rude. Immature. Yeah, very immature. But if it was a 10 or 11-year-old kid playing it, if that had been Shirley Temple playing it, it would have been it would have been fit way more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she wouldn't have sounded like, yeah, she just sounds like, just like, oh, I'm going to leave. And and mm-hmm. that's, like, how a child talks. Yeah. And she's, like, a 16-year-old young woman. Yeah. And, yeah, it just is weird. It was. It was very strange. And I I could not believe so like the neighbor, like lady is super pissed because Toto just chases her cats and she's so pissed she wants to murder this well, dog. Then no, she, she claimed the, the dog bitter. Yeah, she claims oh, the dog but, Toto bitter. Yeah, and then and then Dorothy's people are like, okay, here's the dog. We're upset about it, but here you go. She had a note from the sheriff and everything, like the little piece of paper. She owns the town. Yeah, which, it just mm-hmm. seemed like super drastic. There's a oh, lot. Really? There's a lot of backstory that is just yeah. alluded to. And and watching this again, I forgot just how long the can the opening Kansas stuff is. Mm-hmm. I just I think you know when you watch, I haven't seen it since I was an adult, and I just think I you know as a kid you just remember the fantastical stuff and yeah. you remember the fantasy stuff. But man, I was watching like yeah, I don't remember any of that a long stuff. time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I I always forget about the whole dog thing. Like the whole Toto stuff. Yeah. I just remember like, oh, she's hanging out with the farmhands. And I always remember it like she gets like trapped, like unintentionally. But it's like, yeah, she straight up is like runs away just as the twister's coming. Oh, no, they and, locked her out too. Yeah, yeah. She straight up did not say anything. She's like, sorry, Dorothy, you're mm-hmm. gone. You're dead to us. <laughs> Where is she? I don't see her lock it. Yeah. No, I'm sure she's yeah, she like kicking the door and everything. It's like, you can hear that. You can hear a person <laughs> calling, like right. open it up for her. Um, oh, and they shit. just left her to die. Yeah. Do you hear that? The tornado is like, Auntie M, Auntie M. <laughs> oh, but that's call. a tornado trap. Darcy, go to your room. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, go to your room with an open window. Yeah. You'll be safe. <laughs> with our house, though. <laughs> that whole tornado scene was trippy, though. Like, you, yeah. Like, the two dudes were just like rowing a boat in the middle of it. Yeah. So they they want us uh, to believe that she was just dreaming that whole part, right? Mm-hmm. It was just part of her concussion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think so. I thought it was cool too. Is they kind of like faked 3D because it's obviously a screen, so they're obviously projecting these images right. onto the screen behind it. But they filmed it in a way that like, they clearly like filmed it like on like some green screen or white screen or something that they can superimpose it. But it's like they turn the camera around to make it look like the objects uh-huh. are like kind of yeah. floating around. I thought that was a really cool technique. Yeah, that was a really interesting to kind of yeah. pretty add clever some depth to what yeah to yeah. what they were doing. 
Um, but yeah, then it was just like the the all yeah that woman is a bitch. The yeah, totally. <laughs> when she turns into the witch is like okay that's like that's the one that's the best person to establish the sort of dual role stuff because she totally embodies her character as mm-hmm. who she actually is. Yeah, and even as a kid, um, I didn't. Once again, I'm a kid, so there's an excuse for it. But I didn't realize that those people doubled for people in in Oz in in that world. But, yeah. Well, well, now it's like they yeah now it's, it's, it's so complete, heavy. yeah oh, no yeah. shit. Well, I don't have any courage, Dorothy. <laughs> well, I wonder if that'll come into play later in the movie. This guy's got no brains. <laughs> what are you doing? It's, stop it. You got straw in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this time watching, I was like, oh. Mm. Oh, it's so thick. It's so thickly laid on. Mm-hmm. But audiences are too sophisticated to accept a straight-up fantasy. Well, right. no, she, she, <laughs> but you have to heavy-headed, hit him over she the head. She called it out when she was in um Yeah, she's Oz. like, I feel like I've known you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's impossible. I can't quite <laughs> put my finger on it. Because I have a concussion. Right. <laughs> and do we feel that this was um, the inspiration for Lassie? Because Toto, you know, escaped... And escape the the witch's Toto castle. Toto was a solid character. Toto's and then the he star. let them know where, yeah, where she was. He was he, the the brains of the operation. He was the audience. Yeah, nobody else. Everybody else got gifts at the end. Toto got nothing because Toto doesn't need anything. He doesn't need <laughs> shit. He's like, I got my stuff together. Yeah, I know what's up. Except, yeah, and he bailed. Like he's like, I'm gonna stay in Oz and chase this fucking cat. Screw mm-hmm. you, Dorothy. I'm out. Um, going back to one of your comments about the Over the Rainbow song, that is an amazing song. It's very beautiful. It's very iconic and has stood the test of time. But because of American Idol, I have an allergic reaction to the song because I used to watch that show a lot. Do and they perform it a lot? They used to do it or Well, with the auditions, with the first auditions, so many contestants would sing that song. And then even uh, Catherine McPhee that was one of her signature songs and like as one of the finalists and sang it a bunch. And so at this point it's like the, my heart will go on song where every time it comes on, it's just like my body's like, turn it off, turn it but off. But there's also, I mean, there's the, the wizard of Ozma, but that one also has like the, the, um, the Hawaiian, uh, folk version too. Mm-hmm. And that sort of re, and that probably came like, out around that like same that time. Yeah. yeah. But it's like that sort of, um, reignited his popularity is that mm-hmm. version of the song. So, I can. It seems like probably a lot of people are just like, oh my gosh, I like this Hawaiian yeah. tune. I'm going to sing mm-hmm. this. And I think, you know, when you audition, I think some people are like, I'm going to sing a classic song and blow their faces off. And, you know, I, I they've think, heard it a million times. Yeah, right. I would think, let's do different. something kind of more obscure. This is from the underground. <laughs> you ain't never heard it you before. You ain't never heard it like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but it, it, is, it is a great song. But man, the other ones. Not a huge. Not like a huge I didn't. Fan. I didn't like the uh, the lollipop stuff. Like it, oh it all God. sounded like uh, the chipmunks, right? Yeah. yeah. No, there was a couple people that straight up sounded like chipmunks. Mm-hmm. Like it sounded like the whole like sped up thing, and just like that's that's Theodore talking to us and right that, now. And they went on for a while. That song was went on forever. Holy crap! Yeah, she's in Munchkin Land for far too long. Oh yeah. my god! Well, they really dig murder there. Yeah, what the? <laughs> they had she straight up murder someone. She's dead. She's dead. And she's dead. She woke up and she died and she did. Like they oh, repeated I, like seventeen times. The whole they have that whole little verse where the mayor's like, "We have to confirm she's really dead," and then they have the Munchkin Town uh, 
Uh, a coroner. No, they, they oh. have a coroner in Munchkinland. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he presents her death certificate and says, she is most surely dead. She is most sincerely and dead. It's like, Jesus, Munchkinland is hardcore. You guys celebrate the wrong kinds of things here. Okay, she'd be celebrating life munchkins. Yeah. But then you, when we were watching it, you brought up the fact that, like, when the Wicked Witch shows up, like, who killed my sister? Like, after this whole parade celebrating Dorothy, Dorothy just immediately was like, it was an accident. Yeah, no, she was yeah. getting all this <laughs> right. praise, and they were, like, handing her uh, certificates and all kinds of prizes. And she's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the witch, and eh, fucking kill her, of course. And then as soon as the witch, and first of all, she has a reason to be mad. Her sister was just murdered yeah, by this exactly. strange Rachel person. Wise has been murdered. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, she's like, who killed my sister? Oh, I didn't. Like, what? You, it was an accident. You were just riding the shoulders of all these munchkins Seriously. on your high horse, and now you're, you're going to back out of it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. No, I get that. And Glenda, the good witch? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a bitch. She is such a <laughs> bitch. Like the oh oh only the ugly ones are bad witches. I'm like that's a bitch thing to say. And did you catch her subtle burn on Dorothy at the beginning? Based on that comment, she's like, "Are you a good witch or a bad witch?" It's like, because <laughs> you're you saying I'm homely. <laughs> a good witch would never wear those shoes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of a butterface. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't exactly sure if you're a good witch or a bad witch. <laughs> but yeah, like she just she didn't really stand up for Dorothy like in an active way. She, she no, like, she was she playing belittled Dorothy everybody. the whole time. Yeah, seriously. Uh the wizard, the good witch, they were all just using Dorothy as a pawn in a means to rid uh, this place of these two evil witches. Yeah, because she like accidentally killed one witch. Like, oh, she's got powers. Let's send her on. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, why does the wizard need her broom? It's just an excuse to go and kill her. Yeah, he like he didn't need it for some special reason. Yeah, right? he immediately leaves. Yeah, and does not take because it he with gets him. found out. Oh well, uh, you guys survived. I didn't think you would on your journey, and then you're back, and you found me out. I gotta go. You know, yeah. and rewatching this, I'm like, this is why they made the musical Wicked is because the good guys in these in 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 this movie are kind of dicks. Mm-hmm. Really, just off someone for their broom that you're not gonna really do much for. Glenda doesn't do much. He could have told her at the beginning. Oh, inside of you all along, you could have gone home, and Dorothy wouldn't have had to do all this yeah. bullshit. She's like, oh, because she wouldn't have believed me. Ah. <laughs> Really? She's wearing a dead person's shoes. Yeah, you know, they're nice. They're red. They got sparkles. Up. That's cool. She should have took him off a dead body. That's messed up. If someone's like, oh, by the way, look down, you're wearing a dead person's shoes. And that's why I would be like, thanks for that. We saw that. We Are saw you that. wearing my dead sister's <laughs> necklace? I killed her. It's mine. <laughs> is, we saw it's that. a trophy kill. Yeah. We saw that homeless guy the other night outside of Popeye's who just had no shoes on. Like, that's what Dorothy did. Just straight up stole <laughs> well, he, someone's well, shoes he, and just he left had them. shoes. And this is what's messed up. He had shoes. <laughs> and we were walking up and there's like people standing above him, like videotaping him. Oh, this guy just got jacked for his shoes. Like, you guys just stick at your phones? Like, no one <laughs> even tried to protect a sock. They took his socks too. Couldn't even leave dude with socks. That's how messed up Dorothy is. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like she's the person well, who just Glenda, took out her phone. I don't because didn't Dorothy? She no, she put she just put him on Dorothy. It says they're yeah. working her like a pawn. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This whole thing was orchestrated so that Dorothy would kill the wicked witch and everyone else's hands are clean. Mm-hmm. Dicks. Mm-hmm. They are not good guys they, at all. No, and they. They don't know much on how to kill witches, apparently. Yeah, because Glenda's yeah. not going to do shit. She she wouldn't even... Water. Yeah, she, she yeah. sneezes. Water. Like, Achoo! Ah! Melody! Like, it never rains in us. What's going on? <laughs> no, she stays inside. Oh, yeah, right? They should just 
permanent spell over rain spell over the castle, and so she can never leave it. Yeah. Or like you know, she has a leaky roof. I mean, yeah. Then she's gone. Here's my question, because we have this whole thing about the yellow brick road. Um, there is a nether road in that in Munchkin. There's a red brick road mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. goes the opposite way. Where does that go? Where's wanna, the other half of Oz? Where does that lead to? It's never mentioned in the books. Not that I could find. Maybe Not- maybe it's the land of the misunderstood. Maybe like those are like the real good guys, not well, ones maybe that, that's, act that must nice be, to your face. Well, that must be where Glinda is, because it, it seems I would imagine if she's the wicked Yell- witch of the yellow goes to Oz, red goes to whatever her kingdom was. No, yeah, because it seems like the, the yellow brick road is east west, um, and then uh, the red brick is like north south, because that's how it, the division is: east west are the bad ones, north south yeah. are the good ones. So that must be what it is. Maybe potentially, I don't know. But so like, there's clearly another brick road. That they do not send Dorothy on. And everyone's just like, oh, it's the yellow big red, it's the yellow big red. There's you stay two. on the yellow one, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. They're even saying in the books, like, it's it's like not this like laid out path like it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh-huh. just like, you cannot, how could you not see the yellow brick road? She's like, has to be led to well, the center of the town. She has to be reminded then, right after telling that. Like, that's repeated. You know, is she really going to forget that easily? Yeah, and she like has to do this weird circle thing. She's like, it's clear. It's just right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you really do not. You look, just, just look down. Is it yellow? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and look up. See, you don't have to go in a circle. Look, it that goes that way. Just go that way. Yeah. Again, she is because she's 16 in this movie she comes off as a moron yeah <laughs> she just comes off as a fucking she does. idiot but it's like if this was a 10 11 girl it's like all right she's just a girl she doesn't know does, directions yeah she doesn't know directions she's away from home in a completely other land mm. and dorothy i was well i forget how i phrased it but i just said like dorothy is so obsessed with having an adventure mm-hmm. that she does not give a shit about the consequences of what she's doing yeah. Like she's murdering people. Just like, I didn't know. I didn't know. When like people are like, th- like being attacked and like and all this stuff. Like she just does not give a shit about the nope. consequences of her actions. Like when, even in the beginning, when she's just like walking around the pig fence, just like oh, I'm gonna be have some fun and whimsy, and just falls down and like has to get the guys to like rescue her from the pig pen. It's like she just does not give a shit about her actions. And then the guy gets yelled at for helping her in the well, no, just for being in the pig pen. Mm-hmm. And he gets yelled at and she she's like nothing. She doesn't even speak up. Like actually he was helping me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll you'll catch Dorothy uh biting but her it, lip a couple of times yeah. in this movie when she should have spoke up. Yeah. But Dorothy- like you said, I mean, it's definitely it makes more sense if the if with the character being ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, those kids are not exactly self-aware. I mean, they're self-obsessed, you know, because they're just kind of getting that feeling of self and getting kind of experiencing life outside of being in someone's like under their little, you know, protective shield. Um, yeah. But as a 16-year-old, you're yeah, like, you really should know. A 16-year-old girl better. in the 1930s. That's like a 20-year-old now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least. Yeah. It's like, come you're on. Halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm that just, is quarter life at that point. I don't know if they talk. I doubt they talk about it in the book, but like the Lullaby League and Lollipop Guild, like what? I don't even know what that means. Munchkinland is a socialist paradise. That's what I've come up with because ah. they have all these like leagues and guilds, unions, and unions. That's clearly like there. There are some union. There are some teamster guys in the Munchkins, like the Lollipop Guild. Like those are the teamsters. Right. Yeah, it seems. Like and what do you want? We do all the work around here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a worker. Talk with the side of their mouth. Like, yeah, it's a worker's paradise, <laughs> and the witches are the uh, the proletariats. No, no, no. They're the, the bourgeois. They're the bourgeois. 
um, and the the Munchkins are the proletariats. <laughs> yeah. That is what, Munchkinland is what Marx was describing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I was just so surprised that everyone loves Glenda, and she doesn't do shit. She just shows up. It's kind of like um, in her cool bubble. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, I'm. It's kind of like you know, with uh, um, royalty, like in England, that they don't really do anything that's parliament, but yet it's it's a thing, you know. When they're like, "Oh my gosh, they're showing up," or like socialites here, where they're you know famous for being famous, they're like, "Oh my god, it's them." It's like, yeah, but they didn't do anything. You're excited to see someone who you're just trained to be excited for. They're not helping you out whatsoever. So are you are you saying your recasting of this has Kim Kardashian I, as, <laughs> as Glenda? Uh, <laughs> Just famous for being famous, just showing out like, girl, you need to fucking put, just click your heels together. That's, That's all exactly what I'm saying. And I also cast the wizard as Ray J. Oh, so. uh, the wizard is Kanye, but he is not a Charlotte. <laughs> he has true powers. <laughs> He's an actual wizard. Um, yeah, David. I thought, you know, initially I, I kind of felt um, a bait and switch to watching when the Munchkin Land is shown at first, because I'm like, this is a gorgeous set. The set is so gorgeous. But by the end of the song, I'm like, let's get... <laughs> no, I just like, by the end of the song, I'm like, I hate this place. There's no way. I would... It'd be exhausting to be... Because they make a song about everything. Yep. And the songs go on for forever. Yep. Yeah, the Munchkins cannot talk normally. No, they they're have to sing. Like, yeah, they're in like an opera. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just... Hey, Greg, man, how's much. your day going? Our day has been well, our day has been swell. <laughs> Come on, man. I just asked. <laughs> Come on, man. Maybe halfway. <laughs> Another song I hated was the lion song. The one something like if I were king, if I were king. Oh, it's just yeah. like that was the definition of killing time. Jeez. Yeah. Like, no we're just like we shit. got we got a couple minutes before the guy's gonna come back and let us know the wizard. I was actually oh, uh, watching yeah. it with some friends of mine. Uh, I was going through this, and uh, everyone was just sitting there in straight face. And then my friend Jimmy was just like. My least favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even just the, the well, they they fucked up that dude's front yard. Let's keep it real. <laughs> they they tore his rug up off of the ground. They broke a planter. They cracked the pot. Right, and they're like, "Come on, now this isn't your place. You just got here again." Dorothy not giving a shit about consequences. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they just go around. It's almost whatever. Let's just tap them. Well, I mean, and they make the trees that talk and everything seem like the bad guys, but it's like you're the one kind of oh, messing with their shit. Taking apples. Like, you, like just ripping pluck, off yeah. of my body. Yeah, but then they're, I don't think they're that important because they're like, get him. And they just started chucking their own apples at him. So I think they might have been they, like bricks. They, they could have asked first. She didn't know it was a thing tree. Well, but they did. Oh yeah, yeah you no, really the, the think Scarecrow knew. Yeah, they sure. all know. Oh, don't talk to these guys; they're assholes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I did laugh when they were like, "Fuck it!" and they just started chucking all yeah. the apples at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's good. They deserve that. Yeah, you take it down a couple of pegs. <laughs> Singing, you're hopping around everywhere. You're not giving a shit about anybody else. Um, I feel like this is a good point to bring up the Tin Man. He says that he because they find him stuck. He's been there for a year. 365 days of just sitting in silence, unmoving. Mm. Thank God he doesn't have a brain because... No, he doesn't have a heart. He doesn't have a heart. Because he would have, like, gone insane. Oh, yeah. The emotional, oh, psychological totally. trauma of just staying <laughs> in Seeing one everything. Yeah. Being unable to do anything about PTS it. PTS Tin Woodsman. Yeah. 
PTSD, <laughs> <laughs> just suffering. I mean, that's it. Just seems like all these like he is like the most psychologically damaged. Even in the book, to be, but in the book, his his thing is messed up because he's like the character who become because he's the tin woodsman in mm. the um, in the books. And what it is is he's like almost like a Frankenstein kind of monster where he doesn't have a heart yeah. because um, the like his creator – like he, he, he had like an actual body. They put him into the Tin Woodsman thing and he didn't put his heart in. And then his heart was put into the body of like somebody else. And there's like a whole like love triangle between like Ooh. him and this uh, other woman. And then the woman loves the person who has his heart who's basically like the human version of him. So it's like weird messed up stuff. But like that's like where he doesn't have – why he doesn't have a heart in the books. And so I I don't know. It's like he is just like the messed up character out of all of them. But not in the movie. Not in the movie. And it's like, oh, thanks. Let's move on. Yeah. And it's like well, – but man, you know, you think – in a whole year, maybe other people would have walked by him and probably could have done something about it. The oil can's right there. Yeah, seriously. Literally right there. Mm-hmm. But it just shows how the people of this area, not the nicest. But also imagine that cycle. It's, it's right there. Yeah. It's right there. I can <laughs> reach it. Oh, I wish I could move. Oh, that's cold. <sighs> oh, it's full. Tony's picks it up. Oh, it's so full. Pour some out. Right yeah, it's just like them. they just squeeze like, click, 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 the whole time, just like never running out of oil at all. No. Yeah, the thing was full. Mm-hmm. Someone could have helped to help to do it out, but nothing. And even with the scarecrow, just him saying if he had a brain, he could scare off the crows. Like, mm. I don't. You gotta have balls if you want to yeah, scare some pros, guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going around dancing around, like yeah. On. You just need some street rep. That's what you're missing. And you know, even when the lion came out, like he came out scary on them foods. Like, oh, you uh, put your hands up, yeah, you are like kind of with these cats. Like the very just, honeymooners. Yeah, he was, and then he gets like slapped, and he starts crying. Like you, know, you. You played the part well enough. Yeah. You could have done something. Because I'm yeah. sure he did it to everyone who walks up to his forest or whatever. Yeah. That character, for me, was insufferable. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the time the song came on, I was, of the if I were king, I was like, God damn it. He the has his own the, song. The Scarecrow's the only person who's really... The Tin yeah. Man's like, okay. He's whatever. The, the, the Scarecrow's the only guy who really holds up. Uh-huh. Everybody else is annoying. I like shit. you most of all, Scarecrow. Yeah. There's apparently like a little bit more back, like there's a deleted scene where she has a little bit more of like a friendship with that guy, mm. like the analog character. Um, but they just like it got cut or something like that. But yeah, that's just so weirdly out of place. Like, I think I'll miss you most of all because you met him 10 minutes before. <laughs> right. else. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I feel like the book, because I haven't read the book, but I feel like it's it'll be such a more like fun more, read more three dimensional yeah like a, like an interesting fulfilling kind of well, it's story made to be um it's made to be like americana lewis carroll like this is the american version of uh alice in wonderland okay yeah and like the like uh baum like l, l. frank baum he wanted to uh like yeah, basically he used Lewis Carroll as like an inspiration, and that's. But he also like mixes in like Americana stuff, so that's like, well, she's from Kansas, and you have like uh, scarecrows and like a tin woodsman, like oil and stuff like that. So it's very much like fantasy with an American background in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the books are really fun. There's actually a couple. Um, if you know Scotty Young, he's done a couple uh, miniseries with Marvel where they've adapted some of the books. Mm-hmm. Super super cool stuff. I think they have. The Marvelous Land of Oz. Didn't uh, they do one recently? Like last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done like three or four. 
And they're just super good, like really good stuff. Scotty Young is such an amazing artist. I did read the uh, Where's Waldo themed uh, Wizard of Oz book, and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Probably the most uh, creative Where's Waldo book I've ever <clears throat> read. And and after you don't really read doing, a <laughs> Where's Waldo book, uh, you put your eyes there for a long time. Okay, <laughs> we're able to get sure a new perspective. No, you on take the it film. in. You just absorb. I read the environment book. and see what kind of place is this. <laughs> where would where would Waldo hang out in this sort of environment? So it's the psychological profile of Waldo. Yes, like I, this guy. Chris is, is like the Sherlock Holmes. Of Waldo books, where he yeah. reads his surroundings, read the clues, work a Waldo. <laughs> just doing it like the the Moffat thing, just words about <laughs> <laughs> just pushing him away. This movie, by the end, I'm like, this is the perfect movie for shut-ins to like justify their lives. Because I mean, think about it. Like, yeah, when he, yep. yeah, like her saying. Anything I ever wanted, I can find in my backyard. Well, that like, no, she asked, well, "What what what lesson did you learn, Dorothy?" Um. That if I gotta look for anything, I can find it in my own backyard, and I don't need to go anywhere else. <laughs> like, no, man, that's yeah, not what, that's every month I do. Like, what kind of fucking lesson is that to teach <laughs> right. people? No, go out and see the world and explore and get into adventures and live your life. No, I just well, we haven't we haven't even got out of the depression at this point. Like World War Two is just starting, mm-hmm. and that's what really gets the economy going again. So yeah, it could, that could have been an influence in it because the book was written in like the 1900s, um, like within the first. Decade. decade of the 1900s and so yeah it definitely probably was influenced by that yeah it's like that looks like a dust that looks like the kansas they're in is like steinbeck yeah like very much like dust bowl yeah kind of so yeah i can imagine that must have influenced it too yeah and even like when she walked up to the dude in the beginning when she was running away oh you want to go see the waters and the mountains and the lakes and all that stuff yeah and then don't know tricked you to go back home yeah. <laughs> oh eight. Hey, uh, one thing I did want to talk about: Did you notice Scarecrow's yes. pistol in this movie? He's strapped. He straight up is carrying a pistol. Really, like a I revolver. Totally when they go, yeah, we stopped it and like rewound it. Had to rewind it, dude. They, um, it's when they go to the witch when they go into the woods and the the flying monkey show yeah, after yeah uh-huh. after Oz had sent him away. You yeah, kill uh-huh. her, you know. Yeah. And so you do something for me. I do something for you. Dorothy has no weapons. Um, the the lion has a net, like a butter, a giant butterfly net. Because of course, um, the Tin Man has a, his axe and a giant same size wrench, like a wrench that this is the same size as his axe, which is weird. <laughs> and then the Scarecrow has like a walking stick and just a revolver. He just yep. has a gun. Yep, and never once does he shoot it. They didn't Obviously. use any of those weapons because the lion. He also had this big kind of like a tube-like thing and it, oh, it yeah, said yeah. witch uh, extinguisher on it or oh, something Oh yeah, like, like witch that. repellent or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they all just, they just drop their weapons immediately. Yeah, yeah. and they could like fight off those monkeys really But I really easy. wanted to know that had to be like the wizard's pistol, right? Like when he got sucked up in his thing, like he had to just have a pistol on him because probably like, they don't have like a, <laughs> they don't like have a gun store, <laughs> right? In Oz. <laughs> and they was like, what is this? It's a pistol, man. Like what does it do? Bam! That's what it does. Magic. Scarecrow. A, man, yeah, and then just let it. Hey, Scarecrow, take this with you, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like some like boys in the hood like type like, yo, man, make sure you're strapped. Yeah. <laughs> you take this with you for protection when you walk around this neighborhood, Scarecrow. I don't, I don't need it. You need it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to see him at least like pop off three of those rounds in, into some monkeys. 
Yeah, either shoot a monkey or like scare him off, like shoot it in the air and you're just a huge loud bang. And then what the fuck was that? Missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Dorothy did not need to be captured. Again, Toto, only one with his head head on his shoulders, escapes and goes to find them and brings them back. Check this. So the witch has Dorothy uh, locked up, right? And then she has Toto in like a little bag and she's like, I'm going to kill your dog in front of you. Uh, And then the dog escapes. And she's like, no, we have to go get the dog. Everyone leave Dorothy in this room, who is my main goal, (laughs) and go chase this insignificant dog because I want to have Dorothy watch it die in front of her. She even says that when they all meet together that she wants to kill everybody else before Dorothy. Mm -hmm. Like She's just like, kill him in front of her. Basically, I want you before you die. Witch, I want you to suffer. But yeah, you could have just the let the dog go hardcore. and just like, um, okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm like chain Dorothy up and I bam well on her ribs, you know, soften her up <laughs> okay. a little bit. Like if you really did not like Dorothy, this was your opportunity because exactly. she didn't even try to escape. She was left alone in a room and just Toto hmm. again, Dorothy. <laughs> Stupid bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also like, she's like, what did I do? You killed her sister. Right, exactly. Kill- not Do we need to revisit this? Walking around in your like, shoes. Earlier that day, like not even 12 hours nope, have passed since the, the murder day. of her sister. <laughs> and she's right. like, why is this witch being so mean to us? <laughs> right. She dropped a house on her sister and then punked her shoes. Mm, it's yep. like, snatch. It's, she didn't yeah. even let the woman have her sister's shoes. Yeah. She's like, possessions nine-tenths of That's the law, it. bitch. That's a family heirloom, no, foreigner. This, this movie, for being all light and fun, is darkish. Yeah. Like, no there's a lot of underlying stuff that you can read into. Like, this is dark. Like, the when they... The lion eats three people. Mm-hmm. Those guards that they steal the, the uniforms for are from, he eats them. Because when they're all standing up, you can see him go like this. Like he, he yeah, like that's picks messed his, up. He picks his teeth with his claw. Like that's what you do after you you've eaten something. something. Or he at least just murdered yeah. with his mouth. Yeah, he just, just ripped out their guy. throats. Yeah. yeah, he killed all three of those people. Those guards are dead. <laughs> and then they find out at the end that, oh, we didn't want to serve her. We are just sort of forced in this servitude. Thank you for killing her. So they killed three innocent men. Yeah, yeah. And even with Glenda, I mean, going back to the Ruby Slippers... Freaking so she puts them on Dorothy's feet and the wicked witch is like, she doesn't even know how to use those. Give them back. And Glenda's like, nope, they're hers. Turns out she didn't even need them at the end. So Glenda is just this horrible human. They're like, horrible. Yeah, they never really witch. came into play. Like, didn't at all. Because the shoes that, will like, protect you along this journey. She's like, like, she doesn't her medical need them. powers. But she, it, uh, it was inside it of you all along. From like physical harm. The witch just couldn't do any magic on her. But she can like snatch her. And like batter around a little, like that. Well, well, no, she. Well, the only thing the wish really did was put him to sleep in that field. Yeah, yeah. Like that was like her like biggest and that play didn't on protect them. Her. And and it was Glinda who revived him, wasn't the shoes? Yeah. And then that was her one thing that she contributed. Yeah, we don't even know what those shoes do. Wake up, snow. Yeah, they don't it just, do anything. It seems like they. And be Glinda didn't for know uh, either because she says, um, "What do they do? I don't know." But if she wants them that bad, they must mean something. Like when you're just playing keep away from this person who wants the ball. What if that was <laughs> their mother's <laughs> shoes? Yeah. What if it's just a family heirloom, <laughs> and it's just like if she wants it, must be something bad. She's like, 
I just want it because like yeah. these are in my family. I want to bury her with them. These are her shoes. <laughs> Those were her favorite shoes. And you took them off and her body just disappeared. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't even get closure. <laughs> yeah, she didn't get to bury her sister. Her yeah, she went to go get her sister and it's like boop, 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 boop. Mm-hmm. And get scooted. I mean, because initially they go over, but then you see them like being dragged. So it's like those munchkins were the witch. Evil. Yeah, but the witch is hardcore. Speaking of munchkins, you point out the fact that like as she's leaving when they in Munchkin Land, and the witch is like leaving. Like I was just like, I can't take these shoes. Like fine, whatever, I'll leave. And she just like, walks up and just like yeah at the munchkins. Like, like flinch. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Do two something. For, two for flinch. And a whole like half the village just drops. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're just like already cowering in front of her and she just like just still punks him still like the witch was a badass what would have happened if she would have got shot with the pistol with scarecrow's pistol probably not yeah yeah what the hell she's a witch yeah but But water would have done who knows yeah that's crazy yeah this whole thing she dorothy was just a pawn for the freaking, it was a conspiracy with Glenda and Oz because they hated Illuminati. They wanted to take over the entire realm. Well, now that we know from Oz the Great and Powerful, that's kind of true. Yeah, like they were macking on the uh, on the side at the end of that film. Michelle Williams and James Franco going to town on each other after Mila Kunis just became ugly. Mm-hmm. Like she just went green. Like, yeah. Because James Franco's like the girl that he fell in love with originally, right? Yeah, like, yeah. She's like love. walking around and like she got this, like ugly. And he's like, Mm-mm. yeah. She's like, walking around <laughs> like this like nineteen twenties like socialite garb, like this like cool like red outfit. And then uh, Rachel Weisz like tricks her into being green. And James Franco's like, oh no, yeah, no, I'm good. And that's when that's how the rules started in Oz, where it's about what you look like on the outside that counts. Guys. Yeah. Yeah, Very. no, because that comment stood out to me at the beginning of this, where Glenda's like, only the ugly ones are bad witches. I'm like, what a bitch thing to say. Holy shit. I feel like audiences, and for being too sophisticated for fantasy, are also seem to be very forgiving <laughs> of horrific right. character traits. Like, they don't notice it the way we do. Like, now, like, no. a lot of it, like, we kind of take into account, like, I think it's still, like, in that old, like, theater vaudeville sort of sensibility. Where right, like, if someone's nice and soft-spoken, that means that they're a good guy. Well, yeah, and it seems th- if it's someone more... Has- angry emotions oh they're a bad guy well yeah it's this more isn't about justified less, it's less about actual people and more about people playing archetypes yeah. and playing characters yeah. Yeah. and so i think yeah people were way more forgiving way more expectant of that being a thing because yeah all these characters have like huge detrimental like <laughs> character traits <laughs> right yeah and the the wicked witch is very sympathetic once again well i, I don't I know she seen... did have that one cold ass prank uh where Dorothy thought she was talking to NEM. Oh, yeah. NEM, NEM, that's how you sound, Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just like, no. Hey, 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 Chris. That's you. Chris, her sister just died. Have some sympathy, <laughs> you cold-hearted she bastard. She fucking prank Let her have this. her, like, glow. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's NEM. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let her have that. That's not eye for an eye, okay? Yeah, no, she totally burned Dorothy with that. <laughs> Dorothy. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. And then the like the the bitch ass gifts at the end. Yeah, that they got for nothing. Yeah, they got like, a diploma, a medal, and a clock. And one of them, like you, you, you've been smart all along. You just don't have a college degree. And, and then all of a sudden, a he becomes like super smart. He's like, "Here's this honorary degree. That means nothing." Yeah, He's like now you're a genius. 
Yeah, from a, like a Kansas institute. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's this medal. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but hey, why not? It's not real. And Tim Man's like, the clock Listen. doesn't work. Yeah. Listen, this is ticking. Yeah, no shit, dude. It's a clock. Courage is misspelled. Like he just gave him yeah. all this. Like, uh, <laughs> right. This is um, a degree from Phoenix University. Here you go. <laughs> Here's this medal. It just says for participant. Exactly. <laughs> you participate in your courage every day. This says swimming on it. Because <laughs> you have to swim through a sea of fear. <laughs> yeah, right. You're fucking get spin the... master, Oz. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Those are such bullshit, like, accomplishments that... And nobody questions it. No. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Awesome, thanks. exactly what I was looking for this whole time. Ugh. It just anything else? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. This dude took off quick, though. Like as soon as like no, and nobody in Oz freaked out. Like, hey, you're not the big giant green head that we've all been looking at. Like, what's who? What do you? This is a guy. You're Oz, and you're leaving now. Yeah, yeah. What? And then he's just like, oh, sorry, I can't stop, Dorothy. Bye. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the best part. I don't know how this works. The best be part you. is you can totally see um, the Tin Man like being an actor and like knowing what he has to do. Like, I need to untie this and yeah. let it go because that's what the script requires. And you can just see the Tin Man just straight up like, whoop, and I'm unraveling it because I'm supposed to because it needs to fly away. It's like, as a character, you would have noticed it's flying away and just grabbed it. But he's just like, whoop, gotta let it go. Bye. <laughs> like, he just lets it go. It's just total actor moment. We're just like, I don't know how to play this. Yeah. It looks like an accident. So screw it. It just has to happen. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, And then, again, Toto inciting action. He's the one who bounces. He's like, hey, I, I got to care about this cat. And, you know, I didn't even realize that. that he Because I, I remember seeing him jump after the cat. But I didn't realize she took off without the dog. Yeah. So, uh, to me, that means that the dog's dead. Like, you're back <laughs> in her real life, like, you're, you're oh, Toto, he's in Oz. Yeah. Yeah. He, okay, he didn't get Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense because you can't do the normal lie of it went off to live on a farm. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're at the farm. You're at the farm. It went off to live in the city, Dorothy. <laughs> Can we just Dorothy. jump to Tomorrowland? Because it feels like we're about to say it. Yes, let's, let's <laughs> do Tomorrowland. Yes. Toto dies. Oh, totally. <laughs> He's they dead. Do not what, address what it. What happens the next day? The sheriff comes yeah. and <laughs> takes the dog. Uh, they didn't have... Well, this. I don't know. The window, I'm assuming, because the window's like open. It gets sucked out? I think so. Ding. Don't we see Toto? Or, do we see Toto? I thought end? we saw Toto. And when she wakes up? Yeah. I don't, see him again. Remember. I don't remember seeing Toto. Remember. That's why I thought like maybe he had yeah, stayed. That was the justification. Because if yeah. he stayed in Oz and then she wakes up and then he's there... Well, then it kind of just shitted no, it on she, your whole fantasy. Um, but if, like, he jumped off and stayed, and then she wakes up, and he's not there, then maybe that's, like, her, like, oh, he winked. But then how us. far is the dream go back? Because then did he not escape? Did Toto not leave and then come back? Well, I'm just assuming all the stuff he's in the dead, dream happened yeah. <laughs> in a short amount of time versus, like, yeah, or even in real time, you know, in a couple hours after the tornado passed and everything. But for sure, whether or not he was there, He's he's dead. No, yeah, Toto, oh my god, Toto's murdered. Yeah, the next either day. the fucking tornado got him or the sheriff's gonna get him. And then the lady who took him's like, do it in yeah. front of her. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch her watch it. <laughs> probably if it. No, this is if Toto was still there, and yet she has an hourglass. But I was saying probably the sheriff came. Along with the vet, vet that has the little solution to put the dog down. They didn't right have that. Oh, no, they didn't they have it back then. They shot, right. yeah, they oh, shot, shot it back to the head. 
Yeah. There you go. It's just yeah. No, no, it would have just happened. No peacefulness. Nope. They would have just put down Toto. Yep. This is the 1930s Dust Bowl. Toto got old Yellard. Mm -hmm. He totally just got jacked. And then she freaks out and goes into another fantasy coma dream. Well, and with well, her, her, I think it's definitely going to depend on if she goes right back to sleep because you're not supposed to sleep after yeah, getting a concussion. That was super bad for so, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bad. Hey, you were there and you were there and I had such a wonderful dream. If that's the case, she probably says that every single day when she says, hey, you were in a dream I had. Yes, Dorothy. Yeah, I, I know. Always in <laughs> yeah, and then everyone just happened to be. And you oh, know and what she, though? What kind of freaked me she out? She hooks up with the guy who plays the scarecrow too. That's also a that has to. That's that thing. has to happen. I'll miss you most of. Yeah, my favorite farm happen. worker of all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just 16. Mm-hmm. My dog just died. <laughs> oh god, I do need some consoling. <laughs> and it's the 1930s, Jeez. Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Kansas. You guys, 2015 in Kansas is still pretty bad. <laughs> Imagine it's 75 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a sad Tomorrowland where it's like, yep, the dog died. They, I mean, because they never like Kansas resolved the real life issue of, because that was a whole real life Kansas story where the dog bit the neighbor who was a bitch and had a lot of money, and then she took the dog from Dorothy. And then, then the stuff, then all the well, stuff yeah. And the whole reason she ran away is she had because, papers. Yeah, she ran away because she was like, I, I don't want to be here because like I'm. Just, they're gonna kill my fucking. Yeah, dog. they're gonna kill my dog. And it wasn't like, oh, you need to re- you need to recognize that you need, should be here. Like she did not leave because she felt unloved. She left because she was scared that they were gonna kill yeah. her dog. Yeah, and it's just like it felt like which is gonna a, happen anyway. Yeah, it just felt like a weird resolution. It's like she wasn't like wanting to like she, yeah she wanted to go like somewhere over the rainbow, but that's just like. Uh, but what even a kid even wants at, to do right. But even at the end, she's just like, nope. The other side of the rainbow is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be on this side of the rainbow. In fact, I'm gonna stay home and stay on this farm because everything I ever I'm wanted die is here. Not- <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I picked out my plot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to go into some trivia? Yeah. Well, do you want to kind of talk a little bit more? Do you have more stuff on the book and everything like that? I find that interesting. No, I I, I have no, not <laughs> nothing. Not not enough. All right. I've, okay. So let's just do this, though. The ruby slippers were originally silver, um, like in the book, until the MGM chief thought the Technicolor would benefit from the slippers being colored. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. And during the hunted forest scene, several actors playing the winged monkeys were injured when the piano wire suspending them snapped and they dropped several feet to the floor of the Ooh, soundstage. Shit. It was kind of cool. Like, I like that, like, because a lot of times with, like, wire work, you have, like, the establishing shot, and then, like, it'll cut to when the person's actually in the wire stuff. And in this one, it seemed, like, almost like theater. Like, yeah. they were in it the whole oh, time, yeah. and they would just come down um, and, like, kind of mess mess shit up, and then go back up, like, all within the same mm-hmm. take. And so I thought that was really cool. Hey, so did somebody die? Is that a real thing where you could, in the original, you could see no, someone hanging um, in the background? No, that, that was a rumor, but it's it was rumor. actually just a bird that was stretching its wings. That's the official. Yeah, I saw that and I was just like that because you can see that bird that's in the background, that Mm -hmm. like swan that's in the background when they meet the tin tin man. Like Mm -hmm. that's what they say. And I thought it was something different. It was like, well, that's obviously a swan Mm -hmm. right there. And so I thought it was like something in the background of like Munchkin Land. But to find out that that's where people were saying it was, it's like that's clearly Clearly nothing. (laughs) Like I thought it was gonna be like some weird like trick of the shadows or something like that. I was like, no. It's like, how did that spiral into an urban legend that had any sort of traction? Yeah. 
So sorry, sorry, Chris. Yeah, that's what kind of bums me out. Then no can you die, match up the wall to right. this? <laughs> yeah, is that a thing? I heard that's a thing. I don't know. I, it didn't say in the that's trivia, not... but maybe. Um, so back then, this cost in then unheard of cost of two point seven million dollars, and in a it, recession, in a recession, and it only earned three million domestic. And that's one of the trivia. But then the, there was another saying it wasn't a flop because overseas it made plenty of money back and since then we're going to do that segment but now i'm adjusting it to inflation because of last week's <laughs> little debate um and we'll get to that here in a bit um other than let's see so well, oh the little people on the set were only were paid 50 dollars a week for a six-day work week um while toto received 125 dollars per week Oh. Toto made more than the little people. Hey, how did Toto make money, guys? <laughs> what do you do? Like, you they hand him a check and then you just kind of like chewed on it. Well, it's no, he he okay, he Chris. Oh, you he's, paid it to Toto's masters. Yes. no, he's, he's that he's, what you did. He's trainer. old Hollywood. He knows how to hack. He's part of the good old boys. Jesus. He's in the cigar room. Well, all with the, the, executives. the the Munchkins were part of a troupe. Mm-hmm. That was that's insane. Yeah, and a lot of them couldn't speak English, so they dubbed over with sing, like American singers. So they were lip syncing and stuff because they couldn't speak any English. That's that what they did, the fucking Ellen the Chipmunk sense. voice. Yeah, 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 I think so, too. Uh, so it, a recent study claimed that this is the most watched movie in film history. Um, due, makes sense. It says largely due to the number of television screenings each year, as well as various video DVD re- releases. Um, yeah, that makes complete sense. Well, I didn't know that it was it was the the television broadcast in like the middle of the 50s that brought it that that was what started the prominence that we know of this Mm. film today was the tv broadcast in Mm -hmm. the 50s that like reintroduced it yeah like 16 years later yeah um that was really interesting to kind of find out that it was television's the reason why this film is sort of heralded as a classic in the poppy field scene the snow was actually asbestos. Ooh. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. And, oh, the 30s. And, but, but, oh but, but here's the thing. Um, already before this movie, the health hazards were known about asbestos, and they still used it. I think that, well, that's, I, that's the difference, is yeah. even like, um, like Mad Men opens up in the 60s where they already have like Surgeon General like warnings about like health mm-hmm. and like the, 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 uh, like the bad stuff of cigarettes. And that's like in 1960 and people still don't associate like, Oh, they didn't have to like the nineties. Like, no, they knew about it. It just took forever for like everything to take hold. Cause I bet yeah. it was a lot of it was like, I've been dealing with asbestos my whole life. I never had a problem with it till now. Now the government's going to tell me I can't do anything <laughs> with it. That's a lie. Like Obama yeah. trying to take our asbestos away. <laughs> FDR, not <laughs> on my watch. <laughs> And that socialist that's, Roosevelt telling me what I can and can't dump on my movie set. And that and that's that stuff still goes on today. When I was in college, I worked at um, a gas station and this lady would come in every single week and buy a carton of unfiltered cigarettes. And she and when she would buy them, she's like, the taxes on this is such bullshit. Like they keep getting more expensive. I'm like, you know, maybe they're trying to save your life, lady. Who sounds like she worked in a coal mine for 80 years. <laughs> Um, the horses in Emerald City Palace were colored with jello crystals, and uh, they had to shoot those scenes quickly before the horses started to lick it off. Okay, I was, <laughs> which they're so unprofessional. I was worried. I just I thought they used one horse and just continued to repaint it with like regular like <laughs> lead paint, and like we had three we had three awesome takes, and then the horse died. I think we got it. 
they were not kind to animals. No, they were like we had to spot. There was a uh, when Toto is captured um, by the witch, they just toss him in the basket. Like we had to pause to kind of make sure. It seems like they have a trap door to sort of like they just handed Toto through something and he's not actually in the basket. They just like flip it around like I hope to God. Because she handed it to one of the monkeys so the monkey just kind of hobbling up and down some steps and you have to imagine the dog just fucking in there (laughs) bouncing around. (laughs) But then like the whole thing, yeah, like with the horses um, and then the chicks in the beginning, they're just like handling chicks on their farm just like we're going to put them in this box. and Behind the back, wham! What's it? Yeah, it was just so weird. Like they, yeah, I don't think the Humane Society was on set for this film, you guys. I don't think the Humane Society existed <laughs> when this film was around. In other words, you're saying I'm right. Um, in this, in filming this, <laughs> yeah, technically, in um, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm very, very, really, rarely right. Um, while filming the scene where Dorothy slaps a cowardly lion, she can't. She couldn't stop laughing. When she did it. Oh. So they cut and the director pulled her aside, gave her like a stern lecture and slapped her. Uh, <laughs> and it's so like, that's you stay in character because that was hilarious. And I didn't laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she afterwards, she filmed it in one take. And, and she, she was uh, good. She wiped her tears. Yeah. Uh, but later, I guess um, the director Fleming was afraid that that hurt his relationship with Dorothy. So he felt really bad. And I guess that she like later heard about that kissed his nose as if like all is forgiven i feel bad for striking you in the face when you were 16 but be a better actress next time (laughs) but once again allegedly mark cherry did that to um the one actress on desperate housewives that quit yeah and then she sued yeah nicholas sheridan but she didn't win the, the, but but she claims there's that a he, precedent yeah of fleming yeah <laughs> his, fleming his attorney's like listen on wizard of oz <laughs> that's how you get actresses in line judy garland got the <laughs> shit slapped out of her and that was a great performance and you're no judy garland <laughs> you're you and my my dear are no judy and garland. that's my final ruling in hollywood court <laughs> hollywood court <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the last, just the last one I have is a lot of the Wicked Witch of the West scenes were either trimmed or deleted completely because they felt um, Margaret Hamilton's performance was too frightening for audiences. She was a straight up bitch. (laughs) Well, I feel like, I feel like she was way more evil and intimidating in Kansas than she was actually as the witch, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's because all those scenes were deleted. Yeah, yeah, I could see how a lot of that was cut. Well, no, I can't see why they cut it, but I could see that a lot of it, like, you could tell, like, a lot of the kind of her characteristics didn't, like, fully come through in, into the film. Yeah, she's just an evil person. She's just a person. She's a horrible, evil. just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really all that I have for trivia that I found super interesting. Do we want to guess, adjusted for inflation, how much... That made in its lifetime box office gross. Oh, it has to be like top ten all time. I don't. I don't know a number for that. Like eight hundred million, fifty eight million. I went high last time. I'm going yeah. low this time. And, and you would win because uh, according to Box Office Mojo, it is thirty two point nine million. Oh, thirty two point nine million dollars. This film's made. Well, adjusted for inflation in box office. I'm sure it's oh, made it's a lot more. Oh, it's original run, in, like it's original. That three. Yeah. So that three million that you mentioned earlier now becomes thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirty two point nine. Thirty two point nine. Because that over time that has to accumulate. It's oh, so oh, I'm sure. Much money. I mean, I'm sure that's helped MGM 
somewhat financially because it's made so much. There's been new iterations, so the licensing fee, like all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's made probably but, I mean, the billion thing, yeah. dollars for MGM. But also the thing you have to keep in mind is um, like the – well, it, I mean, yeah, the film is like the touchstone of the visual look of Oz – but it's also like these are based on books, and those books have been in public domain for 50 years now, 50, 60 years. Since like the 50s, these have been in public domain, which is like why Marvel was doing their stuff and why mm-hmm. it's so easy to do like a Wizard of Oz thing because you don't have to pay for the rights. Um, and so, yeah, I wonder if that's affected any yeah, of the money it, stuff. Right. That's a, that's a good point because I also wonder because a lot of the remakes – um, are directly based on a remake of the movie versus the book. I also wonder how that factors into rights because then it's no longer because well, but I mean, if your source if your source material is a public domain thing, you can just take creative license and rip off. But even if Judy it's Garland stuff, pretty faithful to the film. But you, you like look at the Muppet one was pretty much the Muppet version of Judy Garland's Wizard of Oz. I just I wonder. I don't know the answer to this. But it I feels mean, like if you if you it's based on the Wizard of Oz, mm, the book then it doesn't matter how close you make it to the other remake that they've done. Um, so yeah, I wonder I if they ever did a porn parody of The Wizard of Oz. I wonder if oh, one of those no. are out there. Don't don't say titles. I'm not going to say it, The Wizard don't, of Draws. I'm don't. not going to do it. Do not, Chris. <laughs> I'm not, guys. Chris, do not mention I'm just curious. The Gizzard of Oz. Oh, do come not on. do it, Chris. I found You're that, better than this. That was tasteless. <laughs> that was so I felt, low I felt the brow. Wizard of Drawers was, <laughs> was better. Leave something to the imagination. You just put jizz into the weird wizard. No, I told Chris to not say that one. I, I did not. And I did you should have heeded your own <laughs> advice. <laughs> I was just curious if there is one out there. Because I bet it's pretty good. I, I bet you own it. I did sound on, on the backstage, <laughs> right. okay? That's how me and Brian met. Mm. <laughs> it seems, seems feasible. All right, so let's go into the remake. Which, once again, we have to remind everybody that Amy Adams, due to scheduling conflicts, was unavailable. So my let's people, do this. My people did not reach out to her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Chris? Uh, my company just got hacked, so, you know, people aren't really speaking to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Um, Those emails were bad, so, Yeah. Um, <laughs> mostly dick pics. <laughs> so uh, I would redo it as uh, a horror movie. Because I feel like there's a lot of creepy elements in totally. this that could be like expanded on as and put as almost the feature of it. And to direct it, I would have Rob Zombie do it, <laughs> um, and I would of call course. it a uh, the road home. Like you can't get back home, Dorothy, unless you do these things for us, which is basically what they made him do. Yeah. And for Dorothy, I have uh, young Natalie Portman, like in the professional Natalie Portman. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because she was young enough in that yeah. movie to play a child. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Scarecrow, I have Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> uh, the Tin Woodsman, I have Vince Vaughn. Um, I need someone tall, and then his yeah. working true detective is getting serious again. So <laughs> I'll, I'll show you some love, Vince. Um, for the Wicked Witch, EGTs, guys. I got Eva Green. And you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Cowardly Lion, I have John Goodman. And for Oz, I have Samuel Jackson. I like it. <laughs> Get out of here, motherfuckers. <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind that curtain. <laughs> I need pay that. To, pay attention one more motherfucking time. Um, <laughs> and for The Good Witch, I have Kristen Wiig. And that is my movie. 
I, I like it as a horror thing. So I forgot to mention how I'm surprised it didn't mess with me as a kid when like they rip out the scarecrow's guts. Oh, they the and they're like, oh, just, apart. just put it back in. Like that's messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets lit My on legs fire. Over yeah. There. yeah, like that could actually work really well for like a horror. Mm-hmm. He could be a zombie. So I have to do. I mean, he's they rip him apart. He's still Ooh, going. That'd be a good one. Yeah. yeah. And Rob Zombie's a good choice because mm-hmm. they hire him a lot for those horror remakes. So mm-hmm. I feel like they'd reach out to him first. <laughs> good job, Chris. Good job. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> so proud of you. Um, Trevor Copter. I, oh, gee, I had like such a hard time with this. Um, I'd say the director, this just like just came to me, is Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> like do it like one of those like spy kid films or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to think of like a, a known director for like children's stuff. And he's like kind of the only person kind of out there right now. who's uh, Pretty but, much. Yeah. Um, and then I said uh, for Dorothy, uh, I felt like if we can go back in time, like uh, maybe like Abigail Breslin, like when she's like Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Level. Um, but I said Quovenzane uh, 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 Wallace um, from Beasts of the Southern Wild and from the recent Annie. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, and then for Scarecrow, uh, Jesse Martin uh, from The Flash mm-hmm. and like from Rent. Um, Alan Cumming as the Tin Man. <laughs> um, speaking of that, I, I almost considered just for shits and giggles, like casting people from other like Oz remakes. Because mm-hmm. he's in like a weird like sci-fi channel one with yeah. Zoe Deschanel. And he plays the Scarecrow. Um, I don't have anybody for the the Lion. I couldn't think of that one. Um so just off the top of my head, I'm going to say Anthony Anderson is the first person to pop in my head. Um, Wicked Witch, I want to say Carrie Washington. Um, and then Glinda is RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> you big queen, Glinda. <laughs> uh, and then I just had Harvey Firestein as the wizard. Oh it's my gosh, funny. that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, it is a very... Dorothy. Bold. <laughs> very bold production of The Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, that's what I have. This is a hard one for me. Like, if yeah, it like, was for me too. Man. It was yeah, too. there's not like... These characters just feel so archetypal that it's like kind of put a lot of... You can just sort of plug in a lot of people, whereas a lot of other stuff is more focused. Yeah. So yeah, this was like... It felt so generalized that it was hard to kind of cast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it hard too, so I decided to have fun with it. Yeah. I cast it um people playing the parts from characters of Parks and Recreation. <laughs> so of course I have the director as Mike Sure. Mm-hmm. Um for Dorothy, I have Leslie. Naturally. No, Leslie, nope, not naturally. For the Scarecrow, I have Andy Dwyer, because he needs a brain. <laughs> for the Tin Man, I have Jean Ralphio. <laughs> for the lion i have jerry it has to be jerry gary terry um for toto i have tommy because one time he's like i'm just a little puppy <laughs> so of course he's gonna be toto um for the wicked witch i have Lindsay shea that is the parks and rec person for eagleton played by parker oh. posey mm-hmm. um for glenda the good witch i have donna of course <laughs> For the wizard, I have Ron Swanson. Of course. Yeah, that's Ron a good one. Ron F. and Swanson. For Auntie M, I have April. Because even though... Because Auntie M was kind of a bitch to the farmhands, but then she was, like, caring, too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of April, where April plays super cold, but then kind of cares. And the last one I have is Nico, which was the main flying monkey. That's Orin. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my remake list. That's a good one, man. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. All right, so... 
did oh i just wanted to bring up have you so you can we talk a little bit about uh the other oz movies the i mean we can talk about the remakes but what about you know return to oz or the great and powerful oz i haven't i've seen return to oz which is messed up i even saw it recently again and it's messed up but i've never seen the one with james Franco. what, what happens in return to oz Oh, have it's you like seen a it? Sequel. I, it's, it's been so, so strange. Long. Is it's it like, considered a sequel though, like to this one? Or so, no? I mean, it's a very loose sequel, but it's different. It's a like even a different. Maybe that's where the red red brick road goes because it's just different. There's like a wicked person who like switches heads. There's a the flying bed with like a pumpkin head person. It's just it's what's well, like a sequel. It's it's the next book in the series and so it's like a sequel like in terms of the books it's like a sequel yeah but it's also like it's kind of sort of like they take a lot of stuff like they take for granted that people's probably understanding of this world is the wizard of Oz film and so it is like a pseudo sequel but it's not like official in right. any way yeah um how many yeah. books do they do i think he bounded like 10 there's a lot of yeah. books oh, shit. yeah there's a lot there's a lot of oz books and is Dorothy in all of them? Dorothy's no. in that. I think is she she's not? in most of them. I don't know if she's in all of them because then they have no. like Princess Ozma and like the Tin Woodsman, and then all the other witches. Oh, I thought Scarecrow. you meant Return to Oz. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's in. Yeah, yeah Dorothy's in, in Return to Oz. Uh, Feruza Balk plays her. Mm. Um, yeah, when she's like a kid. For, yeah. Um, and then yeah, it's just weird. It's just like it's like how labyrinth is scary like so that weird yeah. sort of 80s weird children's scary was fantasy. it made in the 80s yeah I think so yeah. yeah but it's messed up I yeah mean, it's like 80 it's, pretty it's like up. early to mid 80s i think i'd like to see a, a, a hbo show of the wizard of oz and kind of all the books and that you mean it's called oz no that is something different guys going to emerald city that's why welcome new fish you ain't in kansas no more i should have just cast the cast of oz jk simmons there we go uh so but do you did see the the sam raimi great and powerful yeah yeah no i didn't see it what did you think of i read the franco one no no, I re- I read the synopsis. I oh I yeah, no, I knew I, I didn't want to see that. What well, was it bad, Chris? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Or just it was it whatever. It was whatever to me. Yeah, because um, I was curious, but then the reviews weren't exactly super kind to it. <laughs> I don't no. know. I don't know. I mean, I don't really. I don't always visually. Take there was some cool stuff. Um, well, it's the story would kind of like we had we had talked about it a little bit here, right? Where what's the concept? Her, like it was like Franco and then uh, Mila Kunis. Uh, and you didn't know she was the Wicked Witch until the end. But they, like, had this whole adventure together where they're trying to do good and stop the main evil witch, mm-hmm. her sister or whatever. And then she gets tricked. And he's just, like, and he, like, turns his back on her. And then she goes crazy. And then he's still the good guy in that movie. Mm. Yeah, and he hooks up with Michelle Williams at the end. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's whatever. But it's that's that's... The same way they did that, like that's a spiritual kind of sequel, prequel to Wizard of Oz. That's kind of what Return to Oz is. Okay. Is that sort of thing. Where it's like, it's it's definitely not the same thing. It's not a direct sequel, but it's like people know the visual cues of Oz are from the 1930 movie, 1939 film. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's why the, the Muppets Wizard of Oz looks the way it does, because it's just like that's what people know it as. Yeah. It's like if we tried to, if they do a reboot of like Harry Potter, which we will see in our lifetime. Sure. Um, well, they're it, doing the spinoffs, right? They're yeah. just casting. Yeah, that. and so there will be distinct things that you just know visually, like these. This, that's the shorthand. Yeah, the Wiz by far was probably the best. Uh, it's good. Oz story. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's the only film Michael Jackson did. Well, he was in Men in Black too. 
No, but I guess that's a, a star character. A cameo. Yeah. Uh, so do we, does this hold up? And if it was released as is today? I mean, I think that, that it, that's different for this movie as other ones, seeing as how there's been so many remakes, but I'll still put it out there. It's part of the format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as a kid's movie, yeah, I think kids will probably still enjoy this movie. And kids still do enjoy yeah. this movie. Yeah, and today is then back then. So as, as a children's movie, yeah. But it holds up as one of the best movies ever made? No, but my tastes are different. Like, I... I haven't been a child at heart for a really long time. So <laughs> this is this is one of those films. Yeah, like I, I think we were saying this at the beginning. Like it's one of those films where you can see its importance. You can mm. understand why it's it's just fun. Like even even when it, you were shitting on it, it's still like fun to watch. Yeah. I never felt bored. Yeah. or disengaged in this film watching it again. And it's like I I even felt like I I almost like didn't watch this film. It was like I can talk about it. Yeah, like you just sort of know the film yeah. anyway. But yeah, I think it's right. Like as a kids' film, it still holds up. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it, the sensibilities and the storytelling techniques are so different, right? Um, that it's just um, it feels like it's it would it doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. Um, and it might not do as well. I mean, it, it could probably make thirty two million dollars back, right? <laughs> if it was released today. Yeah, I think I think it holds up as one of like the best classic films. Um, and I think for, for sure for its time, I mean, it was, it's just, it's a huge landmark film with a lot of the stuff that they did. And I mean, it's an iconic story that is just pretty, that movie's story is timeless for that. But I mean, we've seen, I think there's a reason why all these remakes that have been made of like direct remakes haven't, aren't, haven't been that successful is it's just, it just like, like what you said, Trevor, I mean, it just doesn't really fit with the times. And I think, um, like when, like what we did when we, when you think about it, you're like, well, Glenda's a bad guy, you know. And there's a lot. I think, yeah, I don't think if it came out today as is, without people knowing kind of the history and the legacy of it and having the romantic view of the story, I don't think it would do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well, it's, I, I think it's popular because of the nostalgia more than it as a straight. But also, story. like in the 75 years since this film's been released, like how much they've um, just explored that story. Yeah. Like you have Wicked and you have yeah. all these other stuff and now you have Osgrave and Powerful. Like how much the story has been ex- like explored outside of this two hours and how much has just changed like perceptions of it. Right. Because I mean, I, I think people like ever since Wicked like have sort of felt like a, like a, a little bit of familiarity mm-hmm. and like a little bit of like a, Oh, like she is kind of a tragic character. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just definitely changed the way people view this film as a result of all the other stuff we've done around it. Right. But I just think it's, yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, it was up for an Academy Award for best picture mm-hmm. and it lost a gun with win. No, good. <laughs> I didn't know. That's what it lost against. That's depressing. Oh man. It's like, Oh yeah. They we did not do female characters justice in those times no they did not well you know what's interesting that's a good point this was put on track for film because of snow white and the seven dwarfs oh yeah yeah because the success of that uh the success of snow white did two things it showed animated film was viable and adaptation of children's stories was viable and so that snow white was what set this up and so mgm bought the rights to oz and started developing the picture um, but yeah, it was because of uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and the success of that. That people started adapting children's mm-hmm. stories. Very cool. All right, let's go into plugs. 
Chris, you got anything to plug? Yeah, man. Um, I got shows uh, every Saturday from whenever you listen to this through October. Um, Saturdays at 7 at the Del Close Theater at I.O. West on Hollywood Boulevard. Come check me out. I'll take your suggestion. I'll make you guys laugh. And it's free, I believe, right? Yeah, and it's free. That's a, a deal you that can't That is eat. a deal and a half. And Trevor will buy you drinks at the bar if you show up. If I'll I'm buy there. you two. <laughs> if I'm there, I'll buy you a drink. No, just say put it on Trevor's tab. If it's not there. <laughs> Trevor. I have a tab. Um, um, by the time this comes out, uh, it should be like a week or so. I have a show at uh, Nerdist on August 28th at 8 o'clock. Uh, it should be good. It's me and my friend Nicole. Um, we do two-person improv together around town, but then at the Nerdist show, we invite uh, some of our friends to be friends on stage with us. Tricol and Friends. Tricol and Friends is the name of it. And we're opening up for uh, Mick Smith, which is this great two-person team. Uh, it's Monica Smith, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember the other guy. But I know Monica. She's my teacher in uh, improv right now. Um, and she's awesome. So good show, August 28th. At the Nerdist stage, uh, it's located right next to Meltdown Comics in uh, the edge of like West Hollywood, um, and it's I don't know the address, but it's on uh, Sunset and Gardner is uh, the cross street for it. But yeah, check it out. It's uh, there's a lot of fun stuff happening at the Nerdist. I'm involved over there, um, and it's always a great time. Very cool. And we have all the information and all the links for Ozzy Cobb in. Um, in the description, so check that out. Oh, so yeah, listen to Trevor Reese's comic book podcast. Absolutely listen to that. It's good stuff. Other than that, we will see you next week for Toy Story. Ow! Ooh, Toy Story? I didn't know that. Sweet! <laughs>